1: Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Thursday. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Awesome show planned for you today. First thing I need you guys to do, particularly those of you listening on Apple, I need you jamming, slamming that five-star rating. Gotta have it. We got spam with one-star reviews. I need to spam them back with five-star reviews. It's a little thing you can do to help us fight the algorithm. If you're watching over YouTube, hit the subscriptions, hit the likes. It's important. Small, tiny things you guys can do to help us grow the audience. That five-star rating on Apple, critical. Writing a review on Apple, critical, and hitting that likes and subscription and and re-hitting that notifications button. Make sure you're getting notified about the show. Absolutely critical. Uh... I got a great topic for us today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Republican debate uh, last night. I thought Vivek Ramaswamy was really, really important and critical. I think he uh, uh, really, he's been the star of this election cycle, but I thought last night really brought things into focus. We'll talk about that and we'll bring on the editor-in-chief of the newblaze.com, Matt Peer- Peterson, to help me unpack that. Uh, Before we do anything, though, I want to talk to you guys about Samaritan Ministries. This is the time of year many of us are thinking about how we're going to pay our family's medical bills in 2024. Before making a final decision, here are three reasons you should take a look at health care sharing with Samaritan Ministries. One, you're part of a Christian community. When you have a medical need, fellow Samaritan members send money directly to you to help you pay your medical bills and you'll do the same for them all while praying for and encouraging encouraging one another. Two, there are no networks which puts you in control of your family's healthcare. You know what's best for them, so you choose the doctors and hospitals you go to and have a say in the treatments they receive. Three, you're set, you set your own start date. Join today and start healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries right now or join today and choose what month you'd like to start. It's up to you. Whether it's a broken bone, cancer, pregnancy, or other medical emergencies, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to take care of one another spiritually and financially during a time it's needed most. And it could be more affordable than what you're paying now. Check it out now at SamaritanMinistries.org Fearless. All right, guys, I want to talk about uh, last night's uh, Republican debate. I I thought uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was uh, spectacular for a number of reasons. I I want to start with what a disruptor Vivek is and why he's making people uncomfortable. There's an exchange between he and Nikki Haley that I'll get to at some point where she called him a scumbag, I'll I'll address that as well. Uh, But anytime you're a disruptor to the corporate media, to the regime, to the traditional establishment, there's going to be major pushback. And and so I've instantly halfway liked Vivek, and he's been on the show twice, And, you know, Kathy Barnett works with him. I like Vivek. Now it's becoming crystal clear to me what Vivek's role is in this presidential election cycle. While President Trump is not participating in these Republican debates and he's dealing with all the legal problems the left and the regime have ginned up and drummed up about him, Vivek is the guy that is now pushing the conversation forward instead of Donald Trump. He's he's coming in off the heels of Donald Trump and continuing to expose the establishment and how corrupt our election system and our political system actually is. And, and hats off to him. So I want to start with Vivek talking about Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and why uh, these guys should be Uh, leading these debates rather than the traditional media, and rather than us getting these prepackaged questions and answer sessions that take us nowhere. Listen to Vivek talking about Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, Please make
0: your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will Turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. Because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Swamp, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor Governor, Governor Christie. Why?
1: Hey man, that is Trump-esque. I I, I don't know if Trump could have pulled that off as effectively and as poignantly and as effectively as what Vivek just did. That was great and awesome. That's where the conversation needs to go. Why is the Republican party beholden to a system that is this obviously corrupt? This obviously rigged against real change. This obviously rigged against the leading candidate for the Republican nomination. And and this is the definition of insanity. Let's keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. The questions Vivek just raised there, so obvious. Like, hey, man, you're bringing in leftists to run a Republican debate. You're bringing in, you're paying leftists and you're partnering with NBC and the left to reach Republican voters. And you're wondering why things aren't working. You're wondering why we're talking about things that don't matter. You wonder why we're arguing back and forth and yelling and shouting at each other and and never getting to real substantive issues. You're not even engaging with the people that matter most to your constituents. The Republican Party is rejecting the MAGA movement and working-class Americans for the status quo. Hats off to Vivek for calling it out and making those people uncomfortable. This, that to me, was one of the most amazing moments in primary debate cycle, election cycle, Commentary or whatever. And I'm there's other great moments, and I'm Trump had some that I'm sure people will remind me of or hop in the comments and say. But to have someone that articulate stand right in their face and call them out for what they're doing and what they have done, the Russia collusion hoax and all the other things, and and, and to, to see the Republican Party and, and, and the, the, the chair of of the Republican Party. Go along with this insanity. Hey, here's the people that cost us the last election. Uh, Let's get back in bed with them and let's cooperate and work with them as they try to sabotage us in this election. Rather than Joe Rogan has mass audience, Tucker Carlson has mass audience, Glenn Beck, the blaze has mass audience. Instead of working with people that uh, will ask us legitimate questions that relate to our actual base, let's continue on with the charade. I, man, do I like Vivek, and I know there'll be people. Oh, he's controlled opposition. Oh, he's a psyop. Oh, he's. A, I don't care if he is a psyop. He's a PSYOP that I agree with. Call it all out. Make them deal with reality. We have to abandon the establishment if we want real change. Go where your audience and voters actually are. They have rejected NBC. They have rejected CBS. They've rejected Fox News. They, uh, look, if, if not on platforms like this, hell, they should at least go to Newsmax. But to let Lester Holt and a, and a band of liberals uh define your debate discussion is crazy. It's retarded, and I know I'm not supposed to use that word. I'm going to play you another clip uh, from Vivek, but before I do that, I want to talk to you guys about uh, our inspiration for this show, Uh, Preborn. You guys know what Preborn does. I talk about it virtually every day. This week we had Dan Steiner here in studio. We've had Dan on the show twice. I've met with Dan personally. You guys know what Preborn does. It saves babies' lives. Preborn is one of the best promoters of the mindset, the the facts, the reality that life begins at conception. You introduce an expectant mother to her baby while the baby's in the womb. You provide that ultrasound, reveal the heartbeat, show an image of that baby. That woman is now twice as likely to choose life over abortion. And then that's when preborn really steps up and steps in and provides that woman the support she needs from diapers, anything through the remainder of her pregnancy and through the first two years of that baby's life, Preborn comes in and helps that woman get through that pregnancy and introduces that woman to what will be the love of her life, her child. So, you guys know that that's our passion, uh, passion play here, uh, supporting Preborn. You know, fearless as fearless soldiers. We're commanded to support pre-born, to support the concept that life begins at conception. There's two ways to do it. Uh, and whether you give $28 or $28,000 or $280, or whether you give $0.28, cent, it all goes towards supporting that woman, paying for ultrasounds, and then supporting her through the first two years of that child's life outside of the womb. Two ways to give. Go to your phone, hit pound two five zero, say the keyword baby, pound two five zero, say the keyword baby, or give the way I like to get, preborn.com slash fearless, preborn.com slash fearless. When you do, uh, send me an email about it. It virtually guarantees you a response from me. I love to hear from you guys when you support preborn. It motivates me, gets me up uh, every day. All right, so uh, let me go back to Vivek. I want to. Uh, play his closing statement uh, that talks about Joe Biden and and some other things. But uh, let's play this clip because it, it gets to the exact same point I was referring to earlier. Play the clip. We've talked a lot about foreign wars tonight, but we're in the middle of a war right here at home. It's a
0: war not between black and white or Democrat and Republican between those of us who believe in our founding ideals and love this country and a fringe minority who hates the United States of America. And I think it's gonna take a commander in chief to lead us to victory in that war, who first of all knows that we're in a war. Second of all, can't be captured by the special interests along the way. But third is from the next generation, somebody with fresh legs to lead us to victory. I'll shut down the deep state, I'll declare economic independence from China. I'll keep us out of World War III and then revive national pride in this country. I also want to close with one message to the Democrat Party. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even the president of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside, end his candidacy now, so we can see whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. All right, Just tell the us the truth 20. so we can have your an honest debate.
1: Uh, um, remember when Chris Matthews, got in trouble for saying he felt a tinkling feeling down his legs Uh, when he hears Obama talk. Everybody ridiculed him for that. Maybe I'll get ridiculed, but maybe the the, the same damn thing's happening to me as it relates to Vivek Ramaswamy. When I hear this guy talk, my head gets a little light. I I get excited. I I just got to be honest. (laughs) This guy says amazing things. It, it, it reminds me of how Trump used to sound in 2016 and 17 and sounded at his inauguration. It was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you can say that. And remember Dave Chappelle uh, talked about when Trump explained how the IRS worked and how, you know, Hillary's not going to actually change the IRS rules because, you know, she knows billionaires, her supporters, Uh, benefit from it, and it's like, oh, I didn't know you could say that. And and it's like, wow, someone's really being honest. And so here's Vivek saying, hey, look, you're running a sham election, and the media's in on it, the Democrat Party's in on it, Joe Biden's not running for president. It's either going to be Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or someone else they pull out from uh, out of nowhere And that they should be having debates with the real candidates, whether it's Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama, whomever. They should be honest with the American public that the old dude they have running around pretending to be president actually isn't going to run for president. And they're making plans right now to replace him. And the media should be talking about it. And the Democrat Party should be transparent and honest with the American people. Wow. That was Awesome. That was awesome. And, and and trust me, I know I'll get hit with a thousand emails from people telling, oh, you can't trust Ravate. He's a PSYOP. He's controlled, or we don't know enough about his background. I, I, I'm going to say it again. I don't really care who, who put the battery in his back. And, and <laughs> I'm almost to the point... If China put the batteries back, I don't care. Whoever did it and has this guy out here saying real things, hats off to you. If it's George Soros who did it, hats off to you, George. You finally send us something that I can deal with, that I can relate to. Because I, you know, the didn't isn't there some claim, allegation that Vivek got his start on some kind of Soros scholarship? I think people say that. If that's hey, George Soros, you finally did something right. You created uh, Vivek. And at least during this election cycle and during these debates, he's saying fascinating, authentic, real things that need to be said out loud. Everybody else is playing a game and, and going along with the charade and doing politics as usual. And we got Vivek out here running around like... No, I'm not gonna play by those rules. I'm gonna be baby Indian Donald Trump, and just say what I really think. I, I'm, I'm almost ready to jump full on board. I wish, I wish, and I, I know there's a lot of Ron DeSantis uh, supporters out there in the media who, who who just hey, if we could just get DeSantis and we could just run things like Florida. Uh, Things will be great. I, I'm not again. I'm not an anti-DeSantis guy, but I'm just like I don't want things to run just like Florida. And it's not that I'm anti-Florida. I want the swamp drained. I want a disruptor. I want someone to come in and call BS on this whole corrupt system. This isn't. This isn't the the United States of America and our political system is not a house that just needs a little sprucing up. Well, if we just put the bathroom here and, and install some new appliances in the kitchen, it'll be fine. No, the United States of America is a house that needs to be gutted. And we have to deal with that. The outside, you know, it's on a good land and all that, and the outside is fine, but the inside needs to be stripped to its studs and redone. And that's what I'm hearing from Bavaik. And I love it. I, I lo- He's coming in right off the heels of Trump and doing what Trump would be doing if he wasn't off fighting all these legal battles and just was tired and too old. Uh, to to do it anymore and you know ha, you know Trump made a mess of covid or whatever and so perhaps he's a limited but w- what i'm hearing from Vivek and I, you know i love it it sounds like vintage donald trump it sounds like vintage drain the swamp sounds maga to me and and i don't care how it's packaged i don't <clears throat> And, and listen, uh, you know, I'm a Bible thumper. This guy's a Hindu. I I, I'm also, I don't care. Guy believes in God. He believes in a different one than me. But the stuff I see on his Twitter feed, the stuff I see him consistently saying, do not violate my Christian beliefs. In fact, most of what I hear from him uh, uh, justifies, enhances, supports my Christian beliefs. And so I may be going for the Manchurian candidate. Some of you believe he's right wing Barack Obama. I disagree with that. Uh, Barack Obama never sounded like what I'm hearing from this guy. Never. I love <clears> the <throat> Uh I want to take care of, uh, one more of our great sponsors before I play this final clip from a break. <clears throat> you guys know I've been taking uh, liver health formula for uh, a little more than two years. Uh, I did it long before they jumped on board as a sponsor of this show. Now that they are a sponsor of this show, it's the most authentic uh, endorsement I can give you. I have a fatty liver. Uh, the American Heart Association says that Uh, People with fatty livers are three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. Uh, We need to support our liver and nothing has been better for me on my little weight loss journey and improvement in health than liver health formula. So if you're looking to ignite your fat burning metabolism, boost your energy and transform how you look and feel. Try liver health formula and receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce sugar cravings. When you order today, try liver health formula by going to get slash Jason and claim your free bonus gift. That's get slash Jason. Uh, make sure you're hitting that five star rating on Apple. Uh, make sure you're writing a review on Apple and make sure uh, that if you're watching over YouTube, you're hitting the likes. Uh, I want to play you this final exchange between the uh, and Nikki Haley and I'm going to go off on this for a little bit and then we're going to bring in Matt Peterson the editor in chief of the, the newblaze.com uh, but let's play the clip of Vivek and Nikki
0: well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your else. voice. The next generation of Americans are using it, and that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just The scum. easy answer is. Actually-
1: How are you going to get in a debate and and someone says, hey, uh, you're criticizing me for getting on TikTok, and and these aren't the exact words that they use, but this is what he was saying. It's like, hey, you're criticizing me for getting on TikTok, and your 25-year-old married daughter is on TikTok. Start there. Clean that up and then come tell me about what I should do. And people are booing, and, and I, I just don't think it should trigger you to the point of your scum. I don't, that's, that's playing the female card, how dare you? I'm a mother, and you're talking about my daughter. And Nikki, you just sound too weak to be president. It's a rough and tumble sport. The man said nothing disrespectful about your daughter. He was talking about you and cleaning up your house before telling him what he should do. Everybody knows that uh, to some degree, I fit the definition, the modern definition of what a sexist pig is. Guilty as charged. When, when pearly thing says women shouldn't vote, I get a little smile on my face. And when, when, when I sit and think about why I don't want a woman president, it's, it's what Nikki Haley just did. Is why I don't want a woman president.
0: You're scum!
1: Because he told you to get your house in order? First of all, I don't think you were offended by what he said about referencing your daughter. He's scum because he's not going along with the traditional politics. He, he's His level, what, what Vivek is doing and what uh, is upsetting people, same thing that happens to me with many members of the media for a long time. I, when I was in the newspaper industry, when I worked at Fox Sports, when I worked at ESPN, throughout my career, I've been more honest and more transparent than many of my peers. And I've been ripped for that. I'm going to reference someone who I like and who I think likes me and respects me. But, but, you know, we've had a little disagreements, but I can remember when I used to appear on the sports reporters in the early two thousands and, and I got crossways with Mike Lupica and, and I got crossways with Mike Lupica because I kept Mike Lupica wanted to portray Barry Bonds as the worst human that's ever entered sports and was all over steroids. And I kept going, getting on that show and in my columns for ESPN and for, the Kansas City Star, my whole narrative was like, what are you guys talking, you know how naive you sound? All these athletes, there's so much money caught up in professional sports, and you think all these athletes aren't using steroids, aren't using performance-enhancing drugs? I can't remember the name of the cyclist. Someone pop in my ear or text me. I'm not thinking Lance Armstrong. It was There was a a rival to Lance Armstrong that was hot for a second. Uh, they got busted using steroids. I'm not talking about Lance Armstrong, but if anybody remembers who I'm talking about, but but he got into the news cycle, a cyclist, uh, and got busted for uh, steroids. And, and it was one of those moments where it was an aha moment where everybody was like, oh, my God. Everybody is uh, using steroids. It's not just Barry Bonds. It's not... Is it Floyd Landis? I think it was Floyd Landis, uh, but for some reason, that, but Floyd Landis makes sense. Uh, got busted, and I was, and it was that moment where people were like, "Oh my God, this is more widespread than we thought. It's not a handful of people." And so, it's not me and Lupica don't get along, and I've said a bunch. But Lupica was uh, very good friends with, and probably still is to this day, with Bob Ryan, someone who I do like and respect, and and Bob Ryan once. Uh, criticized me as the last honest man and and you know it, it was again I like Bob Ryan I think he likes me maybe he does maybe he doesn't I don't know but his criticism was it's like you think you're the last honest man and and what the gist of it was was like oh Whitlock says things that he knows Everybody else in the media is either too polite or playing by the established rules. And Whitlock wants to cast himself as the last honest sports writer or the last honest person in the media. And it wasn't that I wanted to cast myself that way. It was just like, that's who I am. I'm very transparent. I'm gonna say what I think. I'm gonna deal with the consequences of being myself and truly honest. I'm going to say the things that I really think and I'm going to open up room for everybody else to be more honest. It's like, Oh, Whitlock can say that that means I can say X, Y, and Z. That's what I see going on with Vivek Ramaswamy. That's what I see with Donald Trump is they speak in such a transparent, authentic, real way. It makes them likable and attractive to people that are tired of everybody else that just goes along with the agreed upon narrative and goes along with the agreed upon lies. Vivek is a true disruptor following in on the heels of Donald Trump. I like that. He's younger. I like what he's doing. It's necessary. He's moving the conversation and having a conversation about things we need to discuss. And he's creating the space for everyone else to follow suit. And so if Ron DeSantis ever wants me to jump on board or other people to jump on board with him, follow Vivek's lead. Start being honest, start calling BS on the swamp and on the establishment, and quit playing by their rules. Quit putting yourself, hey, let's go to NBC and let them host a debate, rather than going on Joe Rogan or letting Glenn Beck, letting The Blaze put on another debate where you can actually have a legitimate conversation with your core audience. Why are you always playing away games? Change up the rules, do something different. That's what your constituents, that's what your voters want. They want real change. I'm gonna ask uh, Matt Peterson about this and my Old narrative on that.
0: freedom.
1: Jason Whitlock, previously on Fearless, and and I think it's part of my calling to uplift others and to help them reach their goals and to share because. I'm not trying to do this alone but am I creating an impression by with these pictures the group shots at the top of the page I've had to think about this like did I bring this on myself and and when I celebrate the people that contribute on this show and tell them how smart they are and tell them how you know thoughtful they are am I cre- am I doing something that maybe I should back up off of because It tends to blow up in my face, and and perhaps I'm making people think that I am retarded, that I'm still that retarded idiot who, uh, (laughs) who walked away from a woman because her booty wasn't big enough. Hey, let's talk about the truth about January 6th. United States Capitol police officer, Harry Dunn, has lied before Congress and the American public, and we can prove it. Harry Dunn is a United States Capitol police officer who testified on January 6th, about January 6 to Congress and wrote a memoir painting himself as a heroic martyr who fought bravely against racism and the insurrectionists. He lied. None of those events took place. In fact, he's had mental health problems since adolescence, largely revolving around anger issues. Those anger issues are evident in his breakdowns at the Capitol. He conveniently left that part out of his story. The second installment of our video series, The Truth About January 6th, uses open source videos of a number of Dunn's outbursts that have been released to the public through several trials of the January 6th defendants. This is the reason that we've made the changes we've made to Blaze News. This is important stuff. People's freedom is at stake. If you aren't a Blaze News subscriber, subscribe now to help us continue to do this critical work. For just $36 a year, you can ensure that we can do more meaningful work like this. Go to blaze.com slash subscribe to now read the story about Harry Dunn and all the lies he told. Make sure you subscribe today. All right, uh, without further ado, let's bring in the editor-in-chief of the newblaze.com and Blaze News. Matt Peterson. Matt, I want to talk to you today about last night's debate. And I thought Vivek Ramaswamy, to me, had a no-hitter type performance. I loved it. Uh, I'm not sure everyone did, but I I, I think the points he made about, hey, why are we here talking to a group of leftists and NBC rather than going to independent media And actually talking to our base and our audience and having a real conversation that serves our base why why are we here doing this dance with nbc and a group of leftists i'd loved that point
2: yeah look he kind of just ripped the veil right off right i mean he just took it he just took it away and and one of the things that when we say fake news these days that people should think about more is it's not just the fact that there's a bunch of people out there telling propaganda and lies. It's that the stuff we do, the entire framework, right, of media, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Right? I mean, if you were an alien from outer space coming in and saying, why are the Republicans, what are they doing right now? I'm like, well, they're, they're, they're having a debate with a bunch of people who hate them in control of the framework. uh, who are going to ask questions that their voters don't care about with a number of apparently a number of candidates who don't care about what their voters can't care about, uh, you know the whole thing doesn't make any sense. There's no there's no rationale to it. It's created by. In some cases, historical factors that don't have, you know, structures that don't matter anymore, that are still around. Um, it's created by a disconnect between where the voters are, regular people are, and what they want to know about. And then this weird prestige system in these coastal cities that everyone else is attached to. And, and I think what you're seeing is it's all breaking down. And what Vivek did is actually, it's actually a classic folk hero moment and on the right. It's the guy who kind of calls out the media. Trump did that, as you said in the monologue. but um, a number of figures would kind of would kind of do that, and to the extent they did, they would rise in popularity a little bit and then kind of you know disappear. Uh, but Vivek is, is a, a shining example of that because he's someone who can articulate the the reality of the situation. Like what that's what that, what you said in the monologue is so true. I mean, he's 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 the only one saying what are we doing in this room right now, and why don't we do something that actually makes sense instead.
1: And so they're doing it out of tradition, out of money, out of fear of their actual base, because a lot of these people don't like their base, their elitist, and they don't really want to deal with their MAGA base, Tea Party base, working class base. That That's a, a, a big part of it. But, but also it's just stupidity and poor leadership, if I'm uh, running the RNC, why would I put help put on an event for my enemies? NBC, allow them to make money, gain credibility, they're still the authority. Why wouldn't I be taking a much more, hey, you know where my audience is, and why wouldn't I want to empower Tucker Carlson, Glenn Beck, The Blaze, The Daily Wire. Why wouldn't I want to empower these alternative media outlets that actually are on board with a lot of the things we're trying to accomplish rather than further empower and make money for NBC, which is hostile to everything we say we want to do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know what's insane about this is that, first off, it's like, why does the RNC have control over any of this anyway, right? I mean, if, if there's any rationale for the, the Republican Party structure to have control over the debates, it would be to ensure that we didn't have debates that help fund our enemies and that ask questions that we don't care. about. I mean, if the, if the RNC is going to control the debate system, it should be to ensure that we have debates that actually matter, events that actually bring the voters, the potential voters, what they want and need in order to decide among the candidates. And instead, the exactly the opposite has occurred. We are now in a situation, as you describe, in which the RNC is setting up a scenario in which we are not getting the kind of content we want. We're not getting the uh, you know the kind of information we want. We're getting you know when it's usually a clown show. The one good thing about this one was somehow letting you know the enemy did it. Uh, they did a decent job of like corralling everyone. Right, everyone wasn't talking all over the place like the last one. And so I'll say that structurally for them. But the, the, the whole idea that they're preventing this good stuff from happening, which is obvious, as you say. So, I mean, I mean how, many, how many examples do we have to go through of things that don't make sense here? First off, why would we not want popular people asking questions, who are good at asking questions? Because people who are popular stars, who are good at asking questions, like Joe Rogan, right, who are world historically popular? Who dwarf, Whose audience dwarfs these, you know, these these mental midgets on NBC? Why wouldn't we have them asking the questions? makes total sense. People who are good at asking questions should be asking questions. People who understand what the audience wants to hear should be asking questions. People who the audience knows and respects should be asking questions. This is not rocket science actually, right? I mean, we've worked ourselves into a place where for whatever reason it just doesn't make sense. The process doesn't make sense. And and I think, you know, what we saw, the the only bright thing side of anything that anything that's happened in the primary debates so far it's actually not a debate. It was a Blaze News summit. And I don't say that just to toot our own horn. I say that because people throughout the country said, oh, whoa, what's this? Now we actually have someone we like, Tucker Carlson, asking serious questions of candidates. And not they're not all on the stage jabbering at each other, right? You could have a longer, thoughtful, drown out. I mean, that, that was an example of what we should be doing as a, a nation, as a party. And I don't know, for the life of me, I don't know why the RNC didn't see that and go, oh, maybe we should do more of this because it was actually good.
1: I'm going to tell you what I would love to see because mm. I, I think the whole debate format in, in all aspects, it's kind of lost its relevancy and ability to deliver what w- what we need. I would rather see four or five candidates in a conversation moderated by a Tucker Carlson or a Glenn Beck or a Joe Rogan. And 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 what I thought Vivek made an excellent point of. He, he's he's basically pointing everybody the right direction. Because if you had a conversation among five or six candidates. I think people would be fascinated to talk to those Republican candidates about like, hey, who do we think is really going to run for president on the Democrat side? Yeah. And, and what do you think they're doing here? What are the machinations going on behind the scenes in the Democrat Party and, and, and let them gossip, speculate maybe give inside information what they know about what's going on. Have we ever seen this before in in our political history? I would be fascinated by that conversation, and I think Democrats would be fascinated by that conversation and might start, it might put pressure on the Democrat Party to actually answer a question that everybody in America would like to know. But, but, so again, I, I love Vivek's point at the end about like, hey, they need to tell us the truth about who we're actually going to be running against. It's a critical question. And then it leads into like, you remember what they did to Bernie Sanders uh, to make sure Hillary got the Mm -hmm. nomination. It's a way of engaging people in a conversation about how rigged this process is. And when I see Republicans not trying to push for that type of conversation. To me, it makes, it screams, you must be in on it too. You must be comfortable with this rigged system of politics.
2: Yeah, see, look, I mean, as we know, Washington, D.C., right, um, the structure that it's created, it it always reminds me, uh, whenever I go there, of uh, I think about high school football practice, when you're running around the track, you know, at at the end of the beginning. Now, when you do that, you learn very quickly. You want to run as a team, Right because you got to stay together if someone gets too far out there it makes everyone look bad if someone's too far behind we got to stay together we run as a pack as a team that is exactly how people in washington dc perceive all of reality right their team their pack they have to move in a certain way you don't get too out in front of anyone else then they constantly, you know, you can, you can see the look on their face when you say something that's real, that you're not supposed to say at a dinner or at lunch in D.C. Their eyes just glaze over, right? And they realize, oh, I'm pretending this isn't happening and I'm not talking to this person because they're saying something that we're not supposed to talk about. That's the dynamic that, from which all of this stems, in my opinion. They, there are people on the stage who think... We can't have real discussions. There's sort of a, a ritualistic way in which we're supposed to run for office, right? And we only talk about these kinds of issues in this kind of way. And what you and I are pining for, and what you're describing is what, what you're describing is a real conversation about the things that we all know are important. Uh, that will, you know, that will th- that th- tell us everything we need to know about this race. So, in other words, they're still playing in kind of a theater, right? They're still all running together according to certain rules and rubrics that have been around for a while. And I just think we're in a new t- a time where. You know, there's always some of that stuff going on, but it's always a show in some way as soon as there's a camera somewhere. But people are sick of that, and it won't work in a digital age. This is why Vivek is so good. Anyone who's younger is, is in general, better, because they understand that to get into this game now, you can't have carefully controlled statements, right? Uh, we have got to the point where you have almost a, the walking dead as president, right? You got Joe Biden just being led around to say this and to say that. That's the old school way, right? But I can have an actor do that. I can have an actor pretend to be a doctor, pretend to be a lawyer, pretend to be a politician, right? Because you can just get them to practice their lines. What you're describing is is showing people who someone really is, right? We really want to know in a conversation, it's harder to hide who you are. You can't prepare and you got to go back and forth with it. You know what? You know what else is like that? You know what's brought us back to this, I think? It's one of the good things about the internet. Right. You know, when it's uh, you know, when it's an account, a Twitter account that's controlled by the social media expert. But when it's the real person. Right. And you get a sense it's the real person on the account. That's what you want. You don't care about. They used to call Obama the first Twitter president, which is hilarious now because his statements were controlled. Right. Trump, you knew uh, whatever he was doing at the time you were getting you were getting Trump. We're just in an era where you can't have—I don't think—that control anymore. Uh, it, at least it's—it's it's not appealing to anybody. And it would be fascinating if there were those kinds of discussions. Why aren't we thinking about you know new media products in this way? And I—I I do think that you know we at Blaze and others are interested in. And doing this kind of stuff. But what we need right now is is really for the Republicans just to stop with this nonsense. The party structure sucks. Uh, you know, Rana, I mean, I don't know. They're, they reward failure. And we need to open the floodgates for the kind of thing you're talking about.
1: And so let's say you're a DeSantis supporter. And, and maybe I'll uh, get uh, Steve Kim on next week to talk about this. The the type of conversation I'm talking about mm-hmm. Would perhaps showcase someone like DeSantis, that, that he could, in a conversation he can reveal a deeper understanding of how to navigate a lot of the issues that we're dealing with, and and because that, that when you're in a conversation it's easy to sniff out who's surface level mm-hmm. and just speaking in platitudes and trying to give off one liners, and who is like no no here's how you solve it. Here's what we did in Florida. Here's what I did when I was governor. Or here's what uh, the president did in 1952 to deal with that issue. And it's a way to reveal a more nuanced, sophisticated understanding of our problems that I think the vote. And they love to think all voters are stupid, but we're actually not. People can discern common sense and and a deeper understanding rather than this surface level stuff that we get from debates. Oh, did you see that one liner so-and-so had about uh, that Chris Christie land on what? Donald Trump is Daffy Duck or what did he call him? uh, Donald Duck or whatever. It's like, okay, he called Donald Trump Donald Duck. How does that reveal anything about Chris Christie and why he's a better president? It's a nice little one liner. It'll play its content for CNN and MSNBC and all that, but it doesn't take the actual voter anywhere and we're just at a very serious time where, once again, the internet and this independent media that's not restricted by time limits and advertising and all that other stuff, you can have deeper conversations with a greater breath. It, it just it would work better for dissent. It would work better for all of these candidates and it would certainly work better for the voters. If we promoted conversations with real people and not people that look good in makeup and uh, are you know basically there to do what big pharma tells them to do,
2: no, absolutely. I mean, this is this is the age of the podcast, not the soundbite, and that's what we want. We want the substance. We want to see the back and forth, uh, even when it's when it's short and sweet on Twitter. You know, you get, you get to see the instantaneous reactions of people to each other. The problem with the recorded uh, old TV medium, right, is you're you're just trying to get that one shot that's going to be replayed on the news. And, you know, no one consumes their news in the same way anymore. So I, I see this as a good thing. I mean, it, this is a potentially enormous opportunity to have very interesting people, uh, more interesting peop- people, perhaps, than we've had in the past run for office. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I think someone like DeSantis is uh, he's an interesting guy, like he's a he's a very unique uh, you know, character, and to really get to know like who he is, you need to see him. You need to see him like that. I, I, I mean, what's astounding to me is this is common sense in a way, right? I mean, yeah, we want to get to know the people who we're going to put, give the keys to the most powerful country on earth to, and why can't we see them in these kinds of formats, going round and round, where it's not so uh, it's not so controlled? And that doesn't mean, by the way, they still could bamboozle us. They still could seem great and you know and trick us and not be good. Uh, but we'd certainly have uh, a lot more information and ability to decide for ourselves if we did that. And I think you know our frustration comes from right that this is a solvable problem. I mean, this is let's let's experiment with different uh, different modes and orders, different procedures, different ways of doing it. Uh, and there's no there's no reason that we can't do that. And I, I hope that I actually, I mean, one positive thing amidst all this is I hope that a lot of people feel the same way, you know, as as you do, Jason. I mean, I think I think a lot of people out there in the audience feel the same way. I don't think that um, you know, I think the demand is there. Uh, and that's a good thing. And I think people are just so sick of, uh, of, of the, the, the dance, you know, the, the rehearse stuff. And you see that after each debate now. Uh, and so I wonder if, you know, that doesn't crescendo in some way and it lead to some actual change. Um, you know, I, I, I know that we at blaze are, are planning on and pushing to try to, uh, you know, move in the direction we did during the summit. So that's a good thing. And, uh, we're going to be working on that.
1: I'm going, I'm sitting, I've talked myself into, uh, next week I'm going to reach out to Vivek mm. and RFK yeah. and, and maybe in another one, some, one of these other, uh, Republican candidates. I'm a, i am I wonder if they would come to Nashville for a cookout and we'll have a conversation that we like to have at the cookout. I've, we've had Vivek on the show a couple of times. We've had RFK on the show. We've had RFK in studio, I believe twice. Um uh, heck, I'm going I'm to try to put a conversation together myself. Uh, but any, last thing, what, what did you think of uh, Nikki Haley calling my guy of a vague scum? I mean, I just, I cannot,
2: the look on her face when she did it, I mean, it, it again, it's like, I'm going to try to come over the top and have a you-go-girl moment, and the whole thing is just, uh it just makes me sad even i don't i can't i can't really laugh or even get mad at it you know it's just it has this really pathetic feel to it uh where i just i find it hard to care you know to be honest but i do care i do care about a cookout with presidential candidates uh happening in nashville that would be badass that's that that would be incredible I, I,
1: You know what? Closed mouth can't get fed. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to try. And Matt, if I pull it off, uh, we'll we'll have you here and I won't make you work the grill. We'll feed you and we'll let you uh, participate in the conversation. I'm going to try to make it happen. Matt, uh, thank you. Hey, uh, last thing, uh, plug uh, whatever's next with the truth about January 6th and the reporting we've been doing on January 6th. We
2: have at least three different angles on that story where we are waiting for footage, uh, we are pushing for all kinds of information that is going to lead to even more stories about both Agent Lazarus and uh, Officer Dunn. Um, you know, I think they're they're in big trouble. None of the none of the mainstream media is saying anything, which is when you know you're really on. They're just they're just they're scared. They're quiet. Uh, And we're real close to uh, to some more breakthroughs. Some positive things are happening in regards to us getting access to what we need to tell those stories. But, you know, again, this is this is plug and play. I mean, we're going to keep doing this with investigative reporting and video series. And all we need is, you know, that three dollars a month, uh, you know, cup of coffee. The more people subscribe, I'm going, you know, I'm pushing in that direction. And uh, it's going to be exciting in the next few weeks. but, But what we do, you'll see.
1: Thank you, Matt. Uh, we'll see you again. I'll follow up with you about my cookout idea. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow. That means uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Waiting
2: for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom, look for a breakout, feeling like a off, nothing in life like freedom came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my sister, no relation We all just wanna have
1: freedom Sitting on a corner, never been alone i breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back, we are receiving all the seed When we all wanna be free We want freedom